Hello, friends, and welcome once again to everybody's favorite therapy theme podcast. This is This Changes Everything. I'm one of your hosts, Sarah, and with me, as per usual, is pretty much like our own personal Dr. Fraser Crane. Can I say that? It's Therapy Jeff. Hello. Do our listeners know who Fraser is? Is that, or are we like too old? I hope so. I love Fraser. Are you watching the reboot? I did, did you know not know that the reboot had started. I heard that there was a reboot, but and I was very excited because I am a big fan. Yeah, I have not watched the reboot, so I cannot say if it's good or not. But I love yeah. when like things come back from the 90s. That yeah. was the 90s, right? Yeah, I'm sure. A little yeah. Cheers. It was like a Cheers spinoff, so... It's like Dr. Fraser Crane on Cheers and at the bar. Right, right. And then I did not did watch his... Cheers. Oh Cheers, my gosh, was, Cheers was I, for my parents. Yeah, I am a big fan of all television psychiatrists and therapists. And he I would say he is my second favorite TV oh. slash movie psychiatrist. Okay, hold on. Let me think about this. You're trying to guess <laughs> number one? <laughs> I mean, I this is my so number one is not what your if it number one problem. Oh, maybe what if it were the same? Dr. Katz? Oh, no, no it's not I'm, Dr. Katz. Mine Dr. is the Katz. psychiatrist. Wait, or can the I guess? Can I guess? Who, oh, is yes, it Jason? yes. Andrea, our producer, is, is going to guess. Is it um, Dr. Seaver from Growing Pains? Oh, oh no, not Dr. Seaver from I Growing Pains. Them. I'm oh. telling you. I'm cutting this. I'm cutting this. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> My favorite is the uh, girlfriend of Bill Paxton's character in Twister. <laughs> It is so obscure, and she, I'm not kidding, is like 90% of the reason I'm probably a therapist. I thought she was the funniest character. I thought it was so funny as the tornado is happening. She's on the phone with her anxious client going, okay, well, let's practice ways to calm down. And like, as there's a tornado happening, I just love it. I think it's hilarious. It's so well written. So she's my number one. But, you, you know, Dr. Fraser Crane, number two. I would never have guessed that, and I don't think Andrew would have guessed that. Nobody would. I was even thinking, I thought it would be fun to do an entire episode on analyzing and breaking down uh, the maybe ethical uh, uh, misdoings of TV and movie therapists. See, um, did you watch In Treatment on HBO? Yes, I loved it. Yeah. Questionable ethics. Very. Very, but (laughs) so good. And Jason Siegel, like, uh, he was, he's always been on my list of like, not even like list of like people I want to be with. Like Jason Siegel, that's not who was in it. Yeah. In treatment. Oh, I think we're thinking about something else. I'm thinking of that other one, the new one called. Wait a second. Jason Siegel is on your list. Like he's a top five. Like he's somebody that in real life, I thought maybe I could be with him. Like not even on my list, but like I could get him. <laughs> you and then could. he like married a, a bookish, like nerdy gal, and I'm like, oh, totally could have missed your opportunity. Sorry, I, Eli's wonderful. I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> no, who in treatment? What is that one? In treatment was an HBO drama. Um, I don't remember the guy, the the guy who played the therapist, his, Gabriel Burns. Oh I think yes, I think we watched a, a clip of a, a child session or family session in grad school. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was because yeah. they had some real like psychologists on the writer in the writers' room yeah. um, that were writing actually pretty. I don't know if it's good therapy, but really interesting therapy. Um, and then that was, there was a reboot of in treatment during the pandemic. Um, 
I might have to revisit that. Yeah, yeah. It's really I think the one I'm thinking of is Shrinking. Oh, Shrinking. Yeah, that's yes. like the, that that recently came out with yes, your boy yes, Jason yes. Segel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Wow, yes. that's who you. <laughs> That's who your celebrity I just thought, crush like, is. I could, th- in my mind, I was like, yeah, I could probably be with him. He's such a fucking goofball. I, well, is that, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, but don't you, you want to be the goofball? Like, he will, he'll take up all the goofball energy, won't he? Yeah, and also, he kind of, I, I feel like sometimes I see him in pictures and I'm like, oh, he looks sad. He does, yeah, he's got sad eyes. You know? A little bit sad. He's, I don't know what it is. Maybe I could cultured. cheer him up. But look, we don't want to fall in love with people's potential. It's a bad a idea. Project, Good thing. You know? Good thing he's happily with somebody and so am I. Because <laughs> probably would have never worked. Yeah, Anyways, we could, we're not yeah. talking about any of this no, subject sorry. matter today. We're mm-hmm. talking about some, or maybe kind of, movie TV therapists might fall into a little bit of this category. Our subject today is narcissism. Narcissists narcissistic personality traits what does that all mean we're going to unpack it and unmask narcissism it is so trendy to call people narcissists it's part of like therapy speak and there's i do know of a couple therapists that specialize in treating narcissists and i gotta say i think (laughs) they are good they're like successful really good therapists and i think these therapists not naming names are total fucking narcissists as well and i think (laughs) i think you don't have to be one to treat them well but i think it's helpful and there's there's like when you have like a narcissistic therapist treating a narcissistic client there's almost like there's like balance in the room all of a sudden okay you can almost uh uh, maybe the narcissist therapist can read through the bullshit. Yeah, they know who they're looking at because they are that as well. And uh, there's, an, oh God, treating a narcissistic client like a real, and we'll get into like what qualifies as a narcissist, but like that is some incredibly difficult stuff. And it's also hard to come by because a narcissist doesn't typically go to therapy because they're not right. going to be thinking that there's much wrong with them. Right? And when there's they are in therapy, they're else. usually not honest. Right, yeah. Because they've so been it's, dragged it's to therapy or have to do it for somebody else or, yeah. It would is ever, very exhausting. Would you ever treat a narcissist? Is that something I that you ha- would, Yeah. I, and, you and And you will continue? Will continue to. I, I think that in, you know, I got some um, good lessons with how to uh, not be, not believe everything people say. You know, I think that there are, I, I tend to be somebody who, uh is very open and honest. And so I assume other people are being open and honest. And sometimes when I can, I have to remember that narcissists are, are not so much that way. All right. Well, before we dive in, let's talk about one of our favorite sponsors. It's of course, Beducated. This is your guide to learn how to have great sex. I mean, we can only give you so many answers to your sex questions on here. And I bet you guys want uh, amazing advice from sex professionals and Beducated mm-hmm. has just that. Yeah. They have over a hundred courses uh, with like a ton of things that you can learn. And the, 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 my favorite thing about this is like, it's a holiday season. And if you don't know, like, this is like such a cute stocking stuffer. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's a pun. I love it. Right. You like that? Where <laughs> you did. and your partner or your partners can like all sit down and watch these videos and they show everything. It's very easy to follow. Uh, and you, you can all like up your 
game when it comes to enjoying more sex and also building more confidence in the bedroom. Because when you build all that confidence, that's when like all the the fun, sexy things come to life. So I bet you're wondering what kind of classes they have. When Jeff says hundreds on everything, he really means it. It's things like oral sex, erotic massage, even rope play. These are classes where you can learn new skills and discover like, you know, what you really want in bed. Yeah, exactly. And you've probably fallen into that rut where like you're sort of doing your routine positions in bed that we love. They're classics for a reason. We get it. But if you want to spice things up and have that like long-term relationship where there's like extra chemistry, it's also kind of like, you know how they say like ABD, always be dating. This is like such a good way to continue dating. It's it's perfect for all those date nights. What a great gift. Talk about the gift that keeps on giving. (laughs) Exactly. So we think that you should go to beducate.me slash everything or click the link in our uh, description to get 40% off the yearly pass with our coupon code everything. You can experience a one-day free trial and there is no risk because Beducated offers a 14-day money-back guarantee. Again, go to beducate.me slash everything. You can use our coupon code everything for 40% off the yearly pass. Again, I'm not going to try to make any diagnoses or name names, but you probably spent a lot of time around (laughs) people who are narcissists. I'm so glad you said that. In your reality show days on MTV Challenge, right? There was like, oh, yes. you must have been swimming with swimming. Narcissi- Here's the thing, yeah. no, and and I, I, we are going to talk about how there's a narcissistic personality disorder, and then there's narcissistic traits and things that mm-hmm. maybe we all may have a little bit of on on a di- like on a scale, you know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people may also know how to use some of these. I don't know, traits of narcissism in a positive Mm. way almost. Mm. And Mm. you do not go on 11 seasons of reality television and then do 10 years of podcasting if you're not a little bit narcissistic. And yeah, I'm talking about myself. So I I would say rate lower than some of my other reality show, uh, uh, you know, co-stars. But man, I I used to play a game with one Mm. of them. Mm-hmm. To see how long after asking a question to somebody else, which didn't happen that often, he would then start talking about himself. It oh. it was never more than about 15 seconds. <laughs> uh, wow. That's uh, impressive. That's great. Yeah. I mean, they, they definitely have main character energy. Yeah. Uh, and, and they are like very... Sometimes, I think, very compelling to watch and to experience, especially on TV. It's harder to, like, be in the presence of one because there's such an energy suck. But a lot of times they can be very – they have a lot of charisma, I think. And and that, like, charisma is sort of like – it can just, like, melt you sometimes and you just want to, like, join up with them. Mm -hmm. So I thought – because I've already self-admitted to being a narcissist and having a narcissistic mm, side to me, sure. uh, that I would, and we could either do this where you answer the questions or I answer the questions or we answer both together. Uh, there is a, a quick narcissistic personality quiz that I thought maybe we could go through. 
What do you say? I would love to. I would love to answer the question, and okay. I, I'm not going to be shy about um, also. For sure, having some sort of narcissistic <laughs> qualities, um, and maybe we're normalizing it. We're showing people that look, you could be compassionate and caring, and when you balance out narcissism with empathy, mm-hmm. that's that's we're that's good, right? Not not the worst, maybe. Uh, I like how you're already like starting the reframe, just in case <laughs> our score is like off the charts, and we have to like you know really come to terms with who we are and why we are the way we are. Um, yeah. So where can people find this quiz, Sarah? Uh, this one is on SciComm.net. They had ones that were longer, like real assessments, and of course, it says in the, in in uh, I don't know, like the the beginning of this that this is not a diagnostic tool, that mental health disorders cannot be diagnosed in a quick, you know, mm-hmm. 10-question assessment. And it's really just like a valuable step in understanding a little bit more right. about yeah. yourself. So these are very generic. They can get more formal uh, assessments online. But for the sake of time, we went with this quick one. <laughs> so question number one, do you experience an exaggerated sense of self-importance that frequently involves the need to exaggerate your talents or accomplishments? Never, rarely, sometimes, often, or very often. Um, I would say sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Just the other day I was watching television and I saw a clip with all of Eli's family and we're watching the football game and it was like for Paramount Plus or something. And one of the scenes from the challenge came on that I know I was in the background of. So I go, oh, look, it's me. And then I'm thinking they're just going to skip over it. And they're like, no, pause, rewind. And then I was not in that scene. And I was very embarrassed. (laughs) Oh, that's humiliating. Humi- and they were like, Sarah. And I was like, what? It was my seat. It was my teammate. I mean, I am in the, ba- if they panned left, I'm there, but I did not need to say that. Okay. Question number two, do you believe you are special and unique and can only be understood by, or should, uh, associate with other special or high status people or institutions? Uh, I think I'm very special and unique, but I don't think that I have to, or I only will be understood by like uh, special or high status people or institutions. So I would probably say never to this one. Okay, I would say sometimes or often because sometimes when you spend often, a lot of time huh? with reality television show people, you're like, oh. <laughs> I can't. I got it up my game. Anyway, they're up the bar. Uh, okay. Do you find that you constantly have a willingness to take advantage of others to achieve your own goal? Never, <laughs> rarely, sometimes, often, very often. Um, do I constantly have a willingness to take advantage yeah, of others? That's a hard one. Constantly. And what narcissist uh, is going to admit to that? Um, no, I'm pretty sure that's a no. That's a never yeah. for me. Uh, would be a never for me too. Yeah, I guess you got to be really, I mean, you got to be really honest, I guess, when you're taking this. Um, Now this one, mm -hmm. I know what my answer is. Do you require excessive admiration from others? (laughs) I'll go with often. What are you saying? I'm going with often for myself as well. Okay. So not very often, but often. I'm not saying you should go I want it very, I want it very often. (laughs) Okay. Is that the answer? Okay. Are you preoccupied with fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, or ideal love? Uh, Rarely. What about you? Do you have a sense of entitlement from others that involve unreasonable expectations of especially favorable treatment or automatic compliance with their expectations? Do I have a sense of entitlement from others? Um, 
Like, is this like, would others say I have a sense of entitlement or hold on? I need to understand. Or do you uh, expect favorable treatment? Oh, I see. And Um, the compliance uh, of others with almost like you set a high bar and then other people have to. Yeah. Mm, I'll say rarely, but I want to say never. What would you say? I actually would say the bar is so low. I need to probably write like <laughs> you need to work on that. Yeah, I, I'm just yeah. like, nah, it's fine. I'll just it's it's, it's like more people pleasing, I guess. Okay, mm-hmm. do you find you are unwilling to recognize or identify with the feelings and needs of others? Well, I mean, I'm gonna say rarely. 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 Do others perceive you as arrogant or snobby? Oh, uh, <laughs> I'd say I'm going to go with uh, often. Yeah, I would say that for myself too, even though they, that's not the case. Do you yeah. find that you are often envious of others and or believe that others are envious of you? Mm, sometimes. I'll go sometimes. with sometimes. Yeah. And uh, here we go. All right, let's see what my score okay. is. Okay. It said mild indication. Very mild. <laughs> I got a mild. Yeah. That's not bad. That's not you bad. You show some you want, symptoms you and experiences consistent with patterns of behavior associated with narcissism. Uh, it's important to note that uh, obviously that this is not a personality disorder, as it goes on to say. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, mild. <laughs> But again, nine questions. You know, the jealousy one, that one, uh, I had an experience just last week where Eli got a new snowboard and like a snowboard set up. He's like, oh, I'm going to go snowboarding this season. He's always been, you know, skiing. And so he got new boots, new board, all this stuff. I have never been more jealous. Oh, really? Because like, I've never had a new snowboard my whole life. I always buy like used ones. I'm always like, I can't, I can't afford that. Like, I don't want to do that. I'll just get used ones. And it's like, I can't treat myself to that, but he can. So I'm like insanely jealous. He showed me his and I was like, mm, yeah, that's, that's nice. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> like, what the heck? Can I not be happy for him? Because, and, and if I really wanted to, I could go out and get myself a new one. But sure. I, I don't because I feel like in some way not deserving of that, which is ridiculous and my own shit to sort out. But why am I mad and jealous of him? Yeah. You'd think if you were actually had some more narcissistic traits, you would think that you're like really deserving of it. Like, of course you deserve it and you're good, but you don't even, you know, so that's getting in the way. Yeah. That, yeah. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's take a quick break uh, and talk about dating apps. You know, I feel like there are... So many of them out there, and they're all kind of the same thing, with the exception of Field. Am I right? You're right. Field spelled F-E-E-L-D. I feel like Field is floating to the top. At least it, it is in the Pacific I hear Northwest. It yeah, all over the place. Like people will be like, you know what? I've heard about. You know what? I should try. I know many people who have been on there. Yeah, totally. And they have given us some stats that I think are extremely interesting. So 62% of field members evolve their sexuality, interests, and desires within the first year on the app. 181,000 people changed their sexuality within the first year on field. 57% of those who changed their sexuality became less straight. 58% of people became more curious about GGG, which is good giving and game. Whoa, Uh, yes. 
So there's just like there's something that happens, and this might not happen to you, and it's totally okay if it doesn't. But you get on field, you create a profile, you start to like see all the kinky, cool, progressive, yeah. fun, hot people on there, and then you're like, oh, I want to open up a yes. little bit too, and then you get to kind of like change your labels and look for people that are a really good match for you. Yes. If you've ever questioned or wondered or fantasized, then Field is the place where you can feel free to just express those desires. Exactly. So for a limited time, you can receive a free month of Majestic membership when you download the app as a new member. Simply download Field or head to field.co slash therapy, Jeff, to access your free month of Majestic membership in search of others. Find yourself. I think something to kind of like consider is... Um, what sort of attention did you get when you were a kid, right? When you were like a, a growing up in your family, uh-huh. that's going to like set you up probably to be a little bit more over on the, like the narcissistic end of the spectrum. If, uh, your parents gave you attention, loved you when you were performative or when you were like in the spotlight, if you're in the school play, you know, like if you're like getting, <gasps> if you're like commanding attention, right? You're uh, just so- describing my entire childhood. <laughs> like with, I would, I would ask my teachers in like first and second grade, I, I put a dance together. Can I perform it for the class at the end of the day? And they would let me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's those what kids that were just like, I did hell? a skit and I want you all to watch me, you know? Like, stay after school and watch me perform. <laughs> oh, my God. And my mom definitely rewarded that because she was a, a theater major and, like, off-Broadway mm-hmm. actress. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was, like, yeah, currency that, in our family. Of course. Yeah, and that makes sense that parents are going to, like, see their little kids do little performances and they're going to want to praise them and encourage them and reinforce that behavior. And probably when you're a little kid, you're really cute, and they and you're like you're being really silly and fun and so they want to go ahead and enjoy that. But that's going to you're going to as a little kid be like, oh, this is how I should continue to act, and this is what I should do when I'm in relationship. Yeah, and you know one of the things. So reality television. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. When I was mm-hmm. on the show, I remember talking with the psychiatrist that they in, like we have a psychiatrist that. You know, interviews all of the cast and make sure that we're not, you know, cuckoo crazy. Just just enough to be on television, but not be like a liability. And he was very open about talking about how he sees like narcissism in a lot of the people who were on the show and how that the time and the the age in which people are cast on reality, reality television, it's it's not the best thing for people with these traits. And here's why. Most of us would leave high school maybe being that narcissist at like big fish, a little pond kind of thing. And then we'd go out there into the world and a lot of us would get checked real fast. You know, mm-hmm. I, I can remember grad school when people were like, okay, shut up, question girl. And like they <laughs> got, were like, making fun of me for that. I'm like, okay, maybe I won't make this all about me. And maybe I won't ask all the questions anymore. I see what it's like. And it kind of checked me, but way later than it should have happened. But for a lot of the, the people who go on the shows, instead of those behaviors being like, I don't know. Having like real world consequences to yes. those behaviors. They're not exactly. getting that. And they're actually, not getting that. No. And they're getting rewarded. 
for the other stuff instead. That kind of, those kind of negative sides of that narcissism are incentivized and rewarded on the show with, you know, likes and views and, and getting Mm -hmm. cast on future seasons and all this stuff. So it gives a lot of these individuals this false idea that this is the way to be. And it makes it really hard when after they leave reality television, they want to get back into relationships and are bringing with them those narcissist personality yeah. traits. Yeah. And there's, uh, they also, not only are they sort of like reinforcing their own narcissism, and I imagine the producers are kind of like feeding it a little bit. Like they, that's good TV, right? To have oh, all these yeah. narcissists go up against each other and figure out who's the best narcissist of them all. Banana, uh, Johnny Bananas and Wes. <laughs> one, the fact that one of them yelled, I have two monster trucks. I was like, oh, I got a BMW and two monster trucks. Really? Really, this is cuckoo crazy. <laughs> There's, I mean, I watch, you know, I'm like an avid MTV The Challenge watcher. And even though I see, we'll talk about Wes a little bit, like, even though I see Wes being just completely obnoxious. So, like, the biggest ego ever, incredibly grandiose, and the way that he, like, walks around, his little, like, like theories on how to play the game, he thinks he's so fucking amazing and smart and strong and the best, like, social player ever to live. Uh, I, I, it's so gross, yet I'm like... Yeah, yeah, do it well. Like, I I love when he's on screen. I love when he's doing his thing. I love when he's pissing people off. I love when he thinks he's so smart. Um, And and whenever he, like, goes into the challenges and then is eventually beat, which is, you know, typically what happens now, I'm a little sad that he leaves the show. Like, a part of me is just like, good, I don't want this person to win. He does not deserve it. But I want him to hang out for as long as I could possibly watch him for and i so it's there's this like this real compelling thing um and and that was it's also you know like my own family the my parents and extended family like they all reward these sort of like narcissistic characteristics uh where they you know my sister is sort of like the way that she is because of the how our parents rewarded that and i saw that as a little kid and we talked about this maybe a little bit in the siblings episode where I like saw that my sister's getting rewarded for all these sort of like narcissistic kind of qualities. And I decided mostly unconscious when I was younger, like I'm not going to do that. I'm going to like instead be really quiet, be really reserved and just do my own thing and be a good kid. That did not work. (laughs) Uh, And eventually I think that's why I like was like, fuck it. Like I'm going to go ahead and compete with my sister for the spotlight. And now we have therapy, Jeff. I'm sorry about that, (laughs) everybody. Uh, (laughs) So it's so I I think that like bringing it back to family, I really want to know who Wes's family is and how I we can like <laughs> want to know that so bad as well. And I just had the realization not that long ago that I have done like seven seasons with the guy, maybe more. Couldn't tell you if he has siblings. Really? No idea. Interesting. Huh? I assume. No, I've also never seen his mother, father. I like it's a question mark. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I would want to know that too. 
I want to. I, I think he's married now. Yes. 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 And and uh, and then I, I I sometimes think about like who, what kind of person is going to marry Wes? Probably somebody who thinks Wes is pretty fucking great. Right. Somebody who's going to like keep on boosting his ego yeah. and. Whether they know it or not, I imagine they know that, like, Wes isn't going to do any changing or evolve. Like, he is who he is, and he right. loves himself, and you got to love that, too, if you're going to be with Wes. I don't know. I only have a very one-dimensional view of Wes. He's pretty accurate, though. Okay. Good. <laughs> yeah. Come on the show, Wes. We'll break it down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, before we continue, let's talk a little bit about Green Chef. You know, the holidays are here, and... I don't know about you, but I don't want to spend any more time grocery shopping or thinking about what I need to, I don't know, prep. I don't want to do any more of that. I want it all done for me. And luckily, Green Chef is the number one meal kit kit for eating clean. And we got to do that a little bit around the holiday times because it's all about balance, right? Exactly. That's a good way to look at it. It is, it is about balance. And just a heads up, Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh. And with a wider array of meal plans to choose from, there is something for everyone. I love personally switching between the brands. And now all of you listeners can enjoy both brands at a discount with me. Uh, there, there is something like just a little stressful about this month. And yes. whenever I'm stressed, I like... I do not eat well because I'm just like looking for comfort food or I'm just looking for something in my pantry yeah. or I'm like driving through fast food or something. I feel like Green Chef is just perfect this time of year. It absolutely is. It's like seasonal recipes, certified organic fruits and vegetables, organic cage-free eggs, sustainably sourced seafood, all the good stuff that's going to like make you feel good. Yeah. It's great. Highly recommend. For Green Chef's best deal of the year, get $250 off with code TCE250 at greenchef.com slash TCE250. Again, for Green Chef's best deal of the year, get $250 off with code TCE250 at greenchef.com slash TCE250. That's a great deal. All right. Back to the show. So one of the things I realized in talking about narcissism, uh, uh, narcissists so much, is that we've never, we didn't really formally define it or talk no. about what the traits of a narcissist are. We should do that. Yeah, we should definitely do that. Uh, and we should also like point out that um, you're probably not, not a clinical narcissist. Right. Like it, it is very rare to qualify as a clinical narcissist. Uh, and like Sarah's saying, there's probably some like narcissistic traits and characteristics that you have. And as long as you're aware of them and know when you're using them, like, okay, I guess we got to sort of use them sometimes if we're getting through capitalism or trying to get a job or whatever, like right. use them consciously. Uh, but it's actually not great, not a great life to be diagnosed with some, with like a narcissistic, a narcissistic personality disorder. And it's likely coming from a place of trauma, um, Uh and and survival. So, and that's one of the things that therapists need to keep in mind when they're treating somebody that has a narcissistic personality disorder is that it, it comes from trauma, most likely, or abuse or something like not getting your needs met. 
Uh, you like you didn't you did not you actually like did not develop any empathy like yeah. you you do not care about other people and the only reason that you're you have people around you is so that you can use them for power to like use them to like step over them mm-hmm. use them and discard them mm-hmm. like it, so it's it's actually a very lonely existence uh, to be diagnosed. And, and, and a personality disorder also is uh, what therapists call like, it's a pervasive disorder, which means that it never goes away. This is how we look at personality disorders. So if you're diagnosed with a narcissistic personality disorder, it's never going to go away, which means that you need to like learn how to cope with it and tolerate it and understand how it's affecting people around you. Because uh, it's not going to be something that's like, quote unquote, cured. Yeah. You know, like you said there, you don't often see this in therapy unless it's like court ordered or somebody's like, I'm going to leave you unless you go to therapy. And then that person's in therapy. But I have also recently heard that there are different types of narcissism. There's like a grandiose narcissism. And then there's also one where it comes from a place of insecurity can't remember the name of it, but it's like at the root, there's a insecurity and insecurity when other forms of narcissism really do have that grandiose, like, no, I really do think I'm the best versus Mm -hmm. that. No, I I don't think I'm the best. So I have to present as the best. Mm, Yeah. Have you heard about this? I haven't heard about that, but. Yeah. I I, I just recently saw it somewhere. I think it's people trying to. Um, kind of further, I want to use the phrase suss out, but that's just because I've been reading, like, I've been on TikTok recently, but sort of trying to, like, separate and, like, categorize and classify people into these different categories of Mm -hmm. narcissism. Yeah. And so, like, you can, when you can sort of, like, pick up from, like, the quiz that we took, uh, somebody with this disorder has an unreasonably high sense of self-importance and requires constant excessive admiration. They feel that they deserve privileges and special treatment. They expect to be recognized as superior even without any achievements. They make achievements and talents seem bigger than they actually are. They're preoccupied with fantasies about success, power, brilliance, beauty, or the perfect mate. And when we say like preoccupied, they're like practically always preoccupied with it. Like this isn't just like every now and then I want to like date, like I wish I could date someone super hot. Like, no, they're like fucking thinking about it all the goddamn time. They believe they are superior to others and can only spend time with or be understood by equally special people. Uh, And I think that like, if you're ever like afraid that maybe, oh no, am I a narcissist? Ask yourself if you think you're actually superior to others. Yeah. Uh, That's a big one. Like, cause I feel like I can learn something from literally any person on this planet like that everybody is an expert in something or has something to teach or share and lord knows i don't know you know mm-hmm. shit about fuck and <laughs> exactly there, if if you have even just a little bit of that right yeah all you need is a little bit of that yeah. <laughs> and you won't qualify right. uh i think you... narcissists don't even ask the question am i a narcissist no no no, no, they don't, and they don't, they don't care and they don't have the ability and it doesn't matter to them to ask yeah. themselves that they, 
you would you would you're gonna if you're a narcissist then you're gonna be critical and look down on people and they're not gonna feel important to you. You're gonna expect special favors uh, from other people without uh, and, and and like you deserve it. You're gonna take advantage of others to get what they want. That's a big one that I see a lot. Like what I was talking about a little bit yeah. earlier is that like. People are there to take advantage of in order to get what you want. There's a real um, – so this is like – there's another personality disorder called antisocial personality yes. disorder, which I think a lot of people mistake as like, I don't want to be social. But it's actually like <laughs> – it's very close to being a narcissist where like – you do not have, you have like zero empathy for anybody else's emotional experience and you treat them however you want and then you discard them. Yeah. Uh, you just like, you can't, like there's something getting in the way of actually connecting with somebody on an emotional level. Um, also, a narcissist is going to have an inability or unwillingness to recognize the needs and feelings of others. They're going to be envious of others and believe that... Um, they're going to be envious of others and believe others are going to be envy of them. Uh, they're going to behave in an arrogant way and brag a lot and come across as conceited. So, if, you know, there's a lot of things <laughs> that you have to do and qualify yeah. for in order, to, in order to be a narcissist. And, uh, and so most people are not this. Right. One interesting place I see it uh, is with narcissist relationships with pets. And they um, usually will get an animal that is like, I don't know, showy in a way. Like it's all about like the image of it. And then mm. afterwards, there will be very little empathy or, or uh, connection to the animal when the animal leaves or passes. And then usually it's replaced by another one instantly. Mm. Of, and mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a kind of yeah. strange connection with. I mean, it makes sense totally yeah. where they just sort of like find a replacement thing. Yeah. And, and it's also sure that, that same with like a partner. Like I have to have the best one. Right. I have to have like, it's like the designer dog, but you don't care about the actual dog. You just care about being the person who gets the attention for the dog, whatever, mm-hmm. how the dog like makes you look or, or I just imagine like a person posed in that like portrait with like the great Dane or French bulldog next to him. Just, yeah. Exactly. There's also like, so, you know, we were saying earlier that most likely the narcissist is not going to walk into therapy and be like, I'm a narcissist. I need help with it. But they still can find themselves in therapy, but it might be something like a partner might pull them in begrudgingly, or they might feel really depressed. Like, even if you're a narcissist, you can have, and most probably have like some pretty severe depression going on underneath everything. Uh, And sometimes that depression can hijack even a narcissist and they'll feel really overwhelmed and confused and want to go see a therapist. And they also might have a drug or alcohol problem. um, And they use that to sort of like cope and get through life when they're not feeling good about themselves. So those are oftentimes things that are going to take somebody into therapy. And again, like we were saying, it's like I was saying, it's, very difficult to treat yeah. somebody who has narcissism, who has yeah. any personality disorder, but especially narcissism. Okay. Well, later in the episode, we're going to answer some of your questions, but I'll tell you what the answer to everything is for me. And that's bread. <laughs> I can't help it. I will never give it up. I am I am always, always going to be a bread person. And I realize now that there's a big difference in where you get your bread. I am no longer buying my bread from the grocery store that's filled with a bunch of that 
crap and stuff that's not good. Instead, I get my bread from Wild Grain Delivery Box. That, And I'm just talking about bread. They have a whole bunch of other stuff, too. It's pastas. It's pastries. It's delicious baked goods delivered, like, frozen to your house. And then they're, like, par-baked. I think that's the word. Like, halfway baked. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. you just pop them in the old oven, and your whole house smells like a bakery. It's amazing. My current like fixation mm-hmm. is Vegemite. I know that sounds mm-hmm. insane. <laughs> I am eating Vegemite sandwiches on my wild grain bread like a crazy person. Oh, that sounds really good. It's actually. so good. Oh, I'm so yeah. glad you didn't like boo me on this one. But yeah, wild grain, there. it's like I'm going through half a loaf a day. <laughs> and you can now fully customize a wild grain box so you can get any combination of breads, pastas, pastries, anything you like. And if you want a box of all bread, all pasta, or all pastries, you can have that. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash TCE to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash TCE. That's wildgrain.com slash TCE. Or you can use the promo code TCE at checkout. Do you feel like you've ever dated somebody who is like really narcissistic? (laughs) I have not. And I, I think that like narcissism is kind of like gendered. I think more men are diagnosed and can qualify for narcissism. Have you ever dated somebody who's narcissistic? For narcissists. Are you? That's the thing is that if you've dated one, you've probably dated 10. Uh, it's, like, I had to come up with my right. own little test to start weeding them out. And the test I use is, you know, because uh, eventually on a date it'll get to, uh, so why are you single? How come you're not dating? Blah, 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 blah. And so I'll say, yeah, you know, it's crazy. I happen to be such a magnet for narcissists. You know what narcissists say to that? Oh, somebody called what? me a narcissist once. They got, they will start to talk about how they are they've been called narcissists, mm-hmm. and then I go, oh, yeah. I- You've then took anybody I say that to who's normal goes, wow, what kind of things? What what are the things about you that make narcissists like prey on you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But a narcissist wants yeah. to turn it into a conversation about him. Yeah, and probably experiences that as a compliment. Yes. You know? I, I, Jeff, I've done it three times and I put up four fingers three times and every single time <laughs> it has been successful. And I'm like, wow, they, they almost, why does this feel like a compliment to them? Mm, so mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. So I think there's yeah, just enough of that narcissism that I kind of like, you know, see maybe it, it's like, I don't know being outgoing and having a lot of charisma and those kind of things that I find very attractive. And, um, yeah. Well, what do they find attractive about you? That I believe them. And I also am a mirror shiner. Like I polish people's Um, mirrors and I reflect like the, I'm like such a good cheerleader. Like, yeah, you mm -hmm. can do it. You're the best. Oh my gosh. You really are amazing. Blah, blah, blah. So, I just feed into the confidence and, and 
Well, that's the thing is that like you being a cheerleader is a good, healthy, important thing to be as a partner. Like you yes. should be your the cheerleader of your the number one cheerleader of your yes. partner. Like that's not an unhealthy thing that you do, but you're so good at it and love to do it and maybe in the past like did it blindly yeah. or something where you're just like I'm here I'm gonna you know um which is gonna be pretty tantalizing yes. to somebody who wants like an audience member for a partner and I know. think there was something uh uh I felt with these people like I was an accessory even though they mm. they you know like put me on a pedestal in a way it was like a trophy that they were showing off mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I feel like being somebody who for some time was like somewhat recognizable on reality TV and getting to say, oh, my God, my partner was on TV and she did this. Like, as soon as I tried to and started to, uh, I don't know, do things that were more behind the scenes and not as, uh, I don't know, attention seeking Mm -hmm. or or get the notoriety that I got from, then, then... Mm-hmm. Those partners lost interest, and those partners were like, "No, I don't like mm-hmm. that side of you. I want you to be the TV person, and mm-hmm. so I can tell everybody that's mm-hmm. who I'm with." So I think a little bit of that, a little bit of uh, you know me being that that person who is a cheerleader, and then giving people the benefit of the doubt. I think that was it's a, a thing I I had to learn to do the opposite of. I instead started saying to myself, if somebody shows you who they are, believe them rather than making up a whole bunch of like, well, it could be this. It could be that. It could be that. My therapist was like, no, sometimes people are just assholes. I was like, okay, (laughs) fair point taken. So I think that's a little bit of Uh it. Yeah, I think so too. And it, and it's tricky because like, I think um, if you are somebody who has dated or has, like, a history of dating somebody who's narcissistic, like, the asshole is the narcissist. It's, like, this is who the problem is. Like, that's who we should focus on as, like, the one that's bringing the toxicity and the problems into the... But a lot of times, like in therapy, or maybe if you're friends with somebody who dates a lot of narcissists, like you don't have any, you don't have any control over the narcissist. So then you have to like talk to the person who's dating them, being like, "What? What's happening here? That you're like, why are you attracted to them? Why are you open to these types of people? Because you do have some power here in order to like, try to like dodge." These types of folks, yeah. What are you yeah, thinking? no, I'm I, I'm trying to think of how on earth I changed that. How I stopped. I I have no clue. I think one of the reasons you were able to change it because you were just like you had such horrible fucking times. Yes, like you, it would like it did not work out for you enough, and it was like and painful and hurtful and like such a fucking letdown yeah. that I think you were just like this is not going to fucking happen to yeah. me again. And it was um, the f- even though Eli it has all of those positive traits, the resilience, the charisma, you know, all of that, he does not have those same levels of narcissism in any way, shape, or form. And I saw that when, uh, like, we had I don't know our first little fight or whatever, and I brought things to him that I had issues with, and. Rather than getting defensive, he was like, oh, he validated me and listened and didn't gaslight me. And I was like, this is new. 
I was not mm-hmm. used to that because like the narcissist will totally gaslight you and will think that make you think that you're the crazy one or that it's your fault or and the amount of times I have like even in that moment I could remember mentally prepping myself like taking out like the emotional armor and like sword that I was gonna then fight a battle with and then when he validated me I was like oh shit I gotta take this off and put it away hang on I wasn't ready for this I'm not Mm -hmm. used to this Mm -hmm. total change up yeah, and then you know he's he did that enough yes. times for you to feel like you can trust him, and he's not going to hurt you or manipulate yeah. you. Um, yeah. Well, we have actually a uh, someone called in and asked us a question. Yes, I'm so excited to officially get to play our very first listener question, which there will be many more of. Let's hear it. Uh, so I heard that you're going to talk about narcissists. I do believe the last person I was in a, quote, situationship with was a narcissist. An example, like, I would cry and he would, like, feel nothing and turn the conversation about him and change the topic. Examples, he did the push-pull, very emotionally abusive. Um, my question is, like, how would you best interact with this person if you have to work with them? I don't know. I'm I'm just right now struggling with how to work with him professionally. I don't know if you guys have any more advice, um, but yeah, I, I'm curious what you guys think. Thank you. So I would recommend in this situation and probably in many other situations where you're forced to be around a narcissist or work with somebody who's a narcissist uh, is you got to set those boundaries and reinforce those boundaries forever. And they will be testing those boundaries for as long as you're in relationship with them, no matter what. Uh, there's, There's a possibility that they might get bored and see that those boundaries are constantly reinforced and there's nothing they can do about it, but they'll still bump up against it and test them every now and then. Um, if you're going to like it, it, it's sort of like a luxury if you can just put those boundaries up and never take them down or renegotiate them. But in this situation and some other situations, like maybe if you were like married to a narcissist that you have kids with, it's not so black and white. Um, so then you have to come up with rules as to when you're going to open up the boundaries and close them, uh, knowing that you're probably going to have to be on the defense all the time. Yeah. I think getting expectations really clear and Mm -hmm. constantly reminding yourself is that is the thing that can make, that could be so crazy making is there is the assumption that a person wouldn't be like this because why would that would be a dick thing to do but -hmm. then they do that and then you get like the the they're like layered feelings in there we feel betrayed by the person or manipulated screwed over by the person and then if you're anything like me there's the feelings about the feelings which then is like why am i the person who is like the dummy who fell for it where Mm -hmm. because i feel this way i'm beating myself up over feeling this way so go in knowing that you are dealing with a narcissist who is going to try to manipulate you. And so you have to have those firm boundaries and then give them nothing. Give mm. them no emotional reaction. It, the, the less of your emotional energy you can give the person, the better you will feel. And like Jeff said, they might get bored mm-hmm. of, if they don't feel like they're getting anything from you. That's the goal, is to make them bored. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Not mm-hmm. interested. Right. Like the shiny right. toy has lost its luster or whatever. And that, ugh. Yeah. You might find that maybe he like replaced you with somebody else he's doing it to. That can all, always feel awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was wondering if you like, do you feel compelled to like warn other, you know, your past partners to like warn the people that they're dating about their behavior? Or do you just sort of like let them figure it out on their own? Well, I'll tell you, there was one person I dated and I knew one of his exes. And she warned me about him, but I was not wise enough to take that advice and thought maybe it could be different or whatevs. Then we broke up and I found out from someone else that was not her, like a friend, mutual friend that we had, uh, that she, the other ex-girlfriend, had gone on one of those like don't date him Facebook pages Uh and seen him on there. And she wasn't the one who posted it and I didn't post it. (laughs) So this guy is like making the rounds around LA, but the women are starting to catch on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when I heard that, I I felt so validated. I was like, I'm not the crazy one. It wasn't me. He is an ass. Like (laughs) it felt so good. So I don't even remember the question, but I had to share that story. (laughs) It's a good story. Oh, to warn other women. Do I feel the responsibility? Yeah. I, uh, uh, with that one, I do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. That makes sense. Well, let's take a quick time out to talk about one of our sponsors. It's care of, you know, it is so hard to get all the nutrients you need. Like, I don't know, be a person and, and take your vitamins on the regs. So I need things that make it a little more fun that add a little bit of like novelty to that experience. And Care Of does just that. First of all, they have the quiz that you can take because your needs change, you know, with the seasons, with times as we get older, as our lifestyle changes. And also they come in these like individually packaged little, well, packages (laughs) that say your name on it and then Mm -hmm. have cute little like, uh, uh, lessons for the day or like called action or like a little challenge way to challenge yourself. Mm-hmm. And I love it. It makes me look forward to taking my vitamins and supporting, I don't know, healthy lifestyle. Yeah, no, it supports my health, healthy lifestyle too. I agree that like, if there's some cute little app or thing that's reminding me yeah. to do the things that I'm supposed to do and they make it sort of adorable and easy to do, then I do it. And consistency is key. Uh, this is how we create the habits to get the results that we want and care of like gives us all the tools and all those little bits of motivation that help us like stay on track based on how we're feeling and we get to notice the results. It's all good stuff. Uh, and we think that you should go to, you should get care of for 50% off your first care of order. You can go to takecareof.com and enter code this changes. 50. Again, for 50% off your first care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter code thischanges50. Yeah. And I mean, we all got to take vitamins. So if you want to take vitamins and support our show, mm-hmm. here's how. Mm-hmm. We have another question. 
and I'll read it. Uh, mm-hmm. They said that uh, they're very intrigued by our discussions on all the topics. They have a personal question about narcissism. They say, I have a close friend who seems to display some narcissistic traits, such as a lack of empathy and a constant need for admiration. However, they also show moments of genuine kindness and vulnerability. Can a person be partially narcissistic or is it an all or nothing condition? How can I approach the situation without damaging our friendship? Maybe we'll focus on that last question because we have talked about how mm-hmm. clinically it's all or nothing actually, but we all have some sort of narcissistic characteristics. Yes. And, um, and the fact that she said that there were moments of genuine kindness and vulnerability, like maybe the narcissism is being used as a way to protect herself. Kind of, I don't know why I think I'm assuming it's a she, maybe she said she, but maybe their friend is using narcissism as a way to, to, yeah, kind of like cope Mm. or for Mm -hmm. self protection or to feel better. And so recognizing that it comes from, you know, kind of like what you were saying, like some place before of childhood trauma, like trauma in a way. Yeah. So, you know, She's saying uh, they have a lack of empathy and a constant need for admiration. A constant need for admiration can show up in different ways. That can be like, I feel really anxious. Can you please give me praise? I'm really, I don't believe in myself. Uh, Or it can show up in like, I am the most amazing thing ever and I need you to reflect this back to me. Um, A lack of empathy. uh, Hopefully this isn't like a constant thing, but every now and then we're going to display a lack of empathy because we can't have empathy for every single thing ever. Uh, So it'll be interesting to like see how this person develops. The question, how can I approach the situation? without damaging our friendship um i wonder so uh, i'm thinking about it just sort of like as a therapist if i had this type of client Mm -hmm. uh and if i had a type of if i had this client who would show up sometimes as genuinely kind with like very sweet moments of vulnerability Mm -hmm. then i'm going to let that client know I've, I'm feeling so connected to you right now. I love this side of you. This is, I'm having so much fun. This is the like part of you that I enjoy being with the most. I'm just going to like genuinely yeah, reinforce them and let them know that like, this is how I feel good being around you. Uh, so I don't even have to be like, you are acting like a fucking narcissist. I'm just like right. reinforcing all the positive things. That's the first yeah. place I go. What do you think? Yeah. You know, I think if it is a, a, I can remember in the same way I attracted narcissists in relationship, romantic relationships, I also attracted them in friendships where I felt like the bat or the Robin to somebody else's Batman. And I had relationships with friends who would like make me do things for them. And, and it, it was, it felt like really a one-sided relationship. So I think in any healthy friendship, it should be like a healthy relationship where you can go to a friend and use those I statements and that, uh, uh, you know, congruent communication equation. I feel blank when you do blank and what I need is blank. You know, mm-hmm. I feel kind of ignored in this relationship when you often talk about yourself all the time. And I'd really like, I love you, but I really love it chance to also share some of my accomplishments and some of the things that are going on. And 
a good friend would be like, oh my gosh, I did not want you to feel that way. I'm so sorry. I was just like so caught up because I didn't have anybody else to talk to about blah, 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 blah. And you're right. Let, talk, tell me more about you or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we hope. something like that. (laughs) You'll find out. Yeah. Uh, But I think you should talk about it. And, and if it's a friendship that where the person is like upset that you are not able to shine their mirror, then maybe you're being, maybe it is a one-sided relationship and you're being kind of used by the other person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, ideally you want to be in a balanced relationship. And when you talk to your friend about, feeling like the relationship isn't balanced and doesn't feel fair and maybe you're getting burnt out or you're not feeling as connected as you'd like to feel, then hopefully they respond with a sympathetic, you know, in an empathetic kind of way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, uh, or I should ask you, what, what do you think about, uh, is it a call it out in the moment when you see it thing or you know, meet for coffee and bring it up then? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Because um, with a I, lot of things, I'm a big fan of calling it out in the moment because it gives somebody sure. a chance. It's hard maybe retrospectively to think about behaviors in the past or, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes our, our cur- present mental state can affect how we even remember certain things. So... You know, I wonder with narcissist how this one would work, though. I would probably not call it out in the moment. Right. And I would instead, yeah, just have like a conversation with them about like, hey, this is something that I've been experiencing and let them know that when it happens again, I will call it out in the moment in a compassionate way. Like so. That's setting a good boundary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So don't call it out first. First have the convo and then eventually call it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's so many other things that would be the opposite, but that one I can see a narcissist t- totally steamrolling that conversation and yeah. not being able to listen in that moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. One more question. Here we go. Uh, I recently ended a relationship with someone who is a narcissist. They were incredibly charming at first, always knowing the right things to say, and it felt like we had an intense connection. But as time went on, they became more controlling and made me feel guilty for spending time with friends or pursuing my own interests. They would also gaslight me, making me question my own perceptions and feelings. Now that I've ended the relationship, I'm struggling with feelings of self-doubt and confusion. How can I heal from this experience, and what can I do to avoid falling into a similar situation in the future? Yeah, that's the thing, though, is that like it rocks your perception of reality and your identity and your self-worth and your esteem and confidence, right? Um, Especially if you are in a like meaningful or intense or long-term relationship with one of them. Uh, And it just – it feels so – gross when it or bad when it ends um you're just like what did i do to deserve this or how did i magnetize this and that's the sort of like we don't want to blame you too much we want to like understand how you can avoid this in the future and maybe like why you were attracted to this possibly but the asshole is the narcissist and I don't want you to, like, do a lot of self-blame, uh, even though that feels like – sometimes we're just like, why did I allow this to happen? Because it kind of, like, gives you a sense of power and control. Like, maybe I can do something about this. Let's yeah. continue to put the blame on the on the manipulator. Um, yeah. 
and, and, and validate. You, you got in that, you like hopped on that ride, you know, in the very beginning, not knowing where it was going to end up or where it was going to take you. And you couldn't see the future and what was to come. And right. getting, I, I like in my mind picture like a roller coaster here, getting on a roller coaster, thinking you're going into small it's a small world. And then like ending up on, I don't know, one other one's a bunch of twists and upside down loops. And then afterwards being like, oh, how did I end up here? What happened? You didn't know that was not the ride you thought you were getting on. That was not. Yeah. And you didn't know what red flags to look out for. Cause all right. of a sudden you're just like falling in love and having a really good time and got swept up in it, which probably 99% of the population would do. But now that you've had this experience, you're a lot more knowledgeable about what to look out for. Maybe you got uh, attached or connected too fast. You're going to slow things down a bit. Maybe there were some red flags that you didn't pay attention to because you had these rose-colored glasses on, right? Uh, So you're going to take all the information and all the stuff that you learned, and you're going to try to like internalize it and apply it to all the other people that you're going to meet in the future. Um, That's the first part. Uh, And also, like, I don't I, I get the feeling that you need to forgive yourself here. Yep. Right. And focus on you and your identity, like mm-hmm. a- apart from how somebody else d- defines you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know who you are. You know uh, uh, what makes you special. And if you are, are unsure, pick your best friend or a sibling or if you have a good relationship with a parent and ask them. Because yeah. usually a narcissist, in order f- to take advantage of you in the ways that they need to will make you feel very small and will make you feel very insignificant and unimportant and building yourself back up after that and, and doing the things that remind you that you are a special and wonderful and amazing person are what's going to help you through that healing process and avoid falling into that similar situation in the future. Exactly. Yeah. Spending time with people that know you, who you really are is important. And that narcissist probably was somewhat successful at like cutting off those relationships. Right. You said it. Yep. So go back and connect and, and don't worry. Even if you have to say like, it's so hard. I remember the relationships that I had cut off when I was with narcissists in the past and then having to go back to those people. There was this big fear that they're going to like say like an I told you so or I'm going to mm-hmm. they're going to like I don't know, drag me for this and that's not the case. They're like, "Oh, thank God. Like like I'm so happy you're happy. Right. I just want you to be happy and I saw how you weren't happy." Mhm. Exactly. Yeah. We All love right. your questions. So great. <laughs> Keep them coming. And you guys, uh, we do have that phone number you can call. 313-338-8828. And we'll feature your beautiful voice on our show. I'm going to remind you to leave us some encouraging reviews wherever you listen to our podcast. We love to read your comments and we always appreciate you supporting the show. You can listen to This Changes Everything on Amazon Music. So if you have an Amazon Alexa, you can just simply ask your Alexa to play This Changes Everything. And we'll see you next time on This Changes Everything.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 